0: Bienvenidos a Hearsay Social on the Air, episodio 40. Desde la Matriz, de Hearsay Social en San Francisco. Bienvenidos a Hearsay Social on the Air. Yo soy Victor Gajola. Soy Eli Minicar. Y aquí estamos celebrando el 5 de mayo, Eli. Ah, qué bien. Qué bien está aquí con la gente y tenemos una entrevista con Julia Winder, que nos está acompañando desde nuestro grupo de customer success. Espera un momento. ¿Do you hear that? Yo, yeah, what was that? What was going on there? Well, I mean, it's like in Spanish. I mean we started this, right? I, I don't was think saying so. Are you welcome? sure? Yeah, because I no what I said is is as I said, Bienvenidos a Hearsay
1: social
0: Yeah, yeah no, welcome you hear that? to
1: Hearsay Social. Right. Yeah, I was saying like the I hear t- that.
0: Well you know, the typical start is I'll say, you know, f- uh coming to you from San Francisco. Right, welcome, right, right. But it was
1: in Spanish. You know what I, I actually didn't hear it.
0: Yeah, well, there's a that's button funny. here. There's a button here on the mixer, and I'll show oh, yeah. you. I'll push it. de <laughs> mayo. It must be because of uh, the 5 de mayo. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So welcome to hearsay social on the air.
1: That's that's just crazy. We should really uh, see if there are any other buttons that do that. I don't know. Do we have any other language It buttons? looks like it's just that one.
0: It looks like it. I think it's only in Spanish. Huh. Well, anyway, very appropriate, right? So welcome to Hearsay Social on the Air. I'm Victor Gaxiola.
1: And I'm Eli Miniker. And
0: this is a very special Cinco de Mayo show, as I said in the introduction, but I think it came across in Spanish, is today we're really excited because we're going to be interviewing one of our very own here as part of the Employee Spotlight Series that we've been continuing to record and invite folks from our staff. So we have Julia Winder, who's joining us from the Customer Success Team. Yep. She's an advanced product specialist, and what she really does is she works very closely with our clients who call, who have uh, support questions or challenges, and they're looking to, you know, for their assistance. Yeah. So we'll be talking to her, uh, looking forward to that. And then stay tuned uh, so that at the end of the show, we're actually going to have a very special interview with David Robles, who's one of our engineers who's originally from Mexico. Uh-huh. That interview will be in Spanish. Ah. So stick around for those full interview in Spanish. Yep. Full interview in Spanish. So for our Spanish-speaking listeners Mm -hmm. or news listeners, because we'll also promote this in Spanish, we invite you to take a listen to the tail end of the show with David. And I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So, um, Without further ado, why don't we get started? This is our interview with uh, Julia. Sí, porque no. Or Julia. So we're in Hearsay Social Studio 360 and fresh off her visit to beautiful Mexico. Julia, how
2: you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here, guys.
0: Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So I know you've been listening to the show, so I think you know the format, right?
2: I do. Been an avid listener. Big fan.
0: Oh, good. Good. So why don't you ask us? You should ask us a question. We've been looking for
2: questions, right? All right. More questions. Put on the spot here. Yeah. Question.
0: Maybe she can ask for it live. Let's (laughs) Let's <laughs> see yeah. here. You have any questions <laughs>
2: of us, and then we kick off like anything, really. Um, what's your favorite baseball team and why? Ooh, we've mm-hmm. covered this, right? A little bit, yeah. Why don't you start?
1: Well, yours is the complicated answer. Mine's I simple. Know. San Francisco Giants, we're a couple blocks away from them. Diehard Giants, Niners, and Warriors fan. Oh, wow, g- he gave you S- more.
2: San Francisco through and through. Yeah, yeah through and
1: through. And through. Yeah. Right. He bleeds in San Francisco red. I do guess. not really care at all about the San Jose Sharks. Really? Fair. It's, but you're from
2: Alaska. Are you meant yeah, to like hockey? Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, hockey's fun. But it was also, it's like, you know, with those people who are like, you know, college football's so much better than right. know, the other one. It, f- hockey was the big sport where I went to school, Middlebury. And so it's like, I don't care about the professional one. Mm-hmm. So I totally get those people mm-hmm. who feel college football's better than the NFL. I feel NFL's mm-hmm. better than college, but, you know, it's just because that was my school one. And so watching the NFL one doesn't, or the uh, NHL doesn't really do anything. Yeah,
0: better. it has nothing to do with the fact that SC has lost to UCLA for, I don't know, what? <laughs> right. USC
1: has a hockey team?
0: Uh, do they?
1: I have no clue. No, I'm sure they do. So. do they Proud not? supporter. I have uh, no clue.
0: No, I'm sure it gets really nice this and is cold what out people, in people South Central. People always try Central. to spark this rivalry. <laughs> I, I,
1: I just don't know enough about. Neither do I. Neither do I. They <laughs> got a good water polo, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a sport. Volleyball. <laughs> Volleyball. it's a very tough sport it's a really tough dis- sport it's yeah make it clear i'm not disney <laughs> on dis- water polo. Yeah, my it's, girlfriend it's my girlfriend plays water polo and i know how hard it is yeah. so this so it's coming about, from the I extreme just don't know frisbee about. right <laughs> yeah uh it's called ultimate ultimate right. <laughs> extreme
2: it's, ultimate no, basically synonymous
1: everything he does though is extreme
2: right take it to the next level right. all right and um your, baseball your, team
1: his baseball team is complex say so
0: mine and i've answered this in previous podcast is my team is the los angeles dodgers okay okay grew up the Dodgers, and and the reason why, and I've said this before, is because I always felt that you would adopt the team based on the city that you were born in. I was born in Los Angeles, so adopted the Dodgers. My dad was a fan, my grandfather's a fan. Grew up loving the Dodgers in the late 70s. You know, Ron Say, Steve Garvey was my favorite player. But then we moved around a lot, my family. So we lived in Houston. I, then I adopted the, the Astros while we lived there. Then we moved to uh, DC, didn't have a team. Then we moved to the Bay Area. And then I, so for the most part, I grew up in the Bay Area and I came to love the Giants, you know, because that was the local team. And when you're a little kid pre-internet, you, that's, <laughs> that's what was yeah. on the news, right? What the Giants did. And, and so I got to know the players. I'd come to the games at Candlestick. And so I was never understood the, you know, the Dodgers, Giants hate. I never understood it because I love both teams. So who do you root for? That great question. So I root for the Giants whenever they're playing anybody but the Dodgers. All right. And then L.A.? And then I vote for then I go for the Dodgers, you know. So when the Dodgers are in town, I stopped going to games because you know, it's you go to the games and if you wear the Dodger stuff, yeah, it's really tough. People are throwing stuff at you, calling you names. And that was the thing. The last time I went went with my son. And, and I, you know, it goes both ways, right? Because I know Dodgers fans are, are horrible to Giants fans, right? <laughs> yes. Very horrible. Um, sometimes <laughs> as bad but as it gets. Violent, right? Yes. But what I'm saying is that the last time I came to uh, at and Park with my son and we were wearing Dodgers gears and they were yeah. yelling stuff at me, four-letter words, in front of my yeah. son. And it's like, I'm not coming to these games anymore. Right. So right. instead we come to the Cubs games. Um, so
1: Fair enough. So that's it. I'm going to the teams. Dodgers game next week. Oh yeah, yeah. they're playing yeah. the week. But I will be week? wearing
0: home color. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so well, of course. You know, and I certainly understand. You know, back no the home one will team. Yell at me. So, ah. so like I said, I vote for the Giants unless they're playing the Dodgers in which case I go for the Dodgers. So. And you?
2: So, well, I can't really go with the where you're born team because I right. was not born in the US. Right. So, I like the New York Mets. Mm. Um, my parents like the New York Mets, but I do like the Giants too just cuz it's awesome to go after work over to the games and they're pretty good so that that helps as well
1: so being born outside the u.s you pretty much got your shot to pick any team you wanted and, <laughs> and you i picked to the mets pi- that is <laughs> like masochistic <laughs> that's
0: funny that's funny it's
1: like having any shot at an nfl team you want to pick and you go with the browns or the bills, <laughs> or the, bills. Well, the bills could be good this year
2: I don't really have an NFL team, so.
0: Uh, well, why not just pick the local team? So go for the 49ers. So.
2: Woot!
1: Maybe we'll see. <laughs> you might want so, to go still, the still under, this year. under review.
2: <laughs> not sure. Not sure. So about if that.
0: any NFL team wants to make an appeal for her fan <laughs> yes. 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 Please. Email us
1: at onair at <laughs> Or or tweet at us. We'll or we'll tweet accept. At us. Hashtag voice on air with the reason why she should root for yep. you.
2: Accepting all NFL bids. <laughs> there you go. I think some kid did that.
1: Yes, right, and, uh, I and he got all the kinds team. of stuff. It was Carolina, I think. That uh, raised- it was the Panthers. Yeah, like sent him a signed football helmet mm-hmm. f- by like signed by Cam Newton or something. Mm-hmm. And
2: is he a fan? Yeah, okay, yeah, good.
1: immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: He, he, he was like, I think it was like an Oklahoma or so. Right. He was basically in a, in a part of the country where they didn't have a professional Strong team. Allegiance. And he basically said, hey, look, um, who wants me to be my your fan? My fandom is up for big. And he wrote a letter to all the owners. Yes. Oh, wow. So he, to every oh, team I owner. I may have to
2: get writing here. And he
0: basically wrote a letter and said, you know, my yeah. my allegiance is, is up. You right. know, and, and Carolina, and only two I think teams was responded. one wow. was a form letter and mm-hmm. the other was like an actual letter. letter from with the Panthers with a yeah. helmet. If, so.
2: if my dad is listening right now, he's really upset that I did not say Redskins. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. All right.
0: All right. So you mentioned that you weren't born in this country. Let's yes. take it back. Where, where are you from, Julia?
2: Yeah. So I was born and raised in London. I lived there until I was 13 and moved to New Jersey where I went to high school. I then decided to head further north for college. I went to Bates in Maine.
1: Woo, nice Cats. Go
2: Bobcats!
1: <laughs> New England Small College Athletic yeah. Conference. Eli
2: and I, Eli and I are both repping it, so yeah. that's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, had a fantastic time. After I graduated from Bates, I decided to move to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, <laughs> was that's what they do. right because yep. you know why not? So. Got a lot of skiing in. I at that point I, I really thought I wanted to go to law school, so I was working in a law firm in Jackson. Um, it was two attorneys and myself. Mm. Um, it was a fantastic experience. I got to go to trial. Um, got to really see you know it was criminal defense firm. Got to see a lot of really cool cases. Um, but decided that law was maybe not my calling. Mm. Um, so it was a good experience before I actually went to law school. Um, I then was kind of, you know, had my options open. Um, I was in a ski accident, so I tore up my knee, was reeling from a few surgeries, so couldn't ski. So living in a mountain town was not ideal. Somewhat
1: frustrating, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah.
2: Everyone's like, let's go skiing, and... <laughs> well, let's not. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's not. Um, and at that point, my mom had, um, a former colleague at Merrill Lynch, who had left and joined hearsay. Mm-hmm. and she'd always told me about this really cool company, with really awesome people, and thought I would really like it, so, you know, had my options open, something came along, and took the job, and decided to move to San Francisco. Oh,
0: wow. Very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Neither did I. See, this is what? We learned something new, Does right? <laughs> <Is> that person
1: <laughs> still work big. here? No.
2: Um, they do not. They were, it was Allison in our New oh. York office. Right. Um on customer success, uh-huh. um, yeah, she very just told cool. me fantastic things, and so well, thought I'd take the plunge. What was this
0: time frame that you came and joined Hearsay Social? then? So
2: I've been here a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, you know, I had no tech background. I was obviously interested in tech, otherwise I would not be here right now. Um, and I was just looking for a new new challenge. I really liked the fast paced atmosphere, and thought, why not? San Francisco is a great city. Um, I actually live with two friends from college here, so wow. that was a big draw. Uh-huh. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so tell us about the transition because Jackson Hole is not very similar to San Francisco, right? <laughs> yeah. Or you tell know, us about you know, similarities there, 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 and differences. There are yeah. quite
2: a few similarities. Uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot of people very interested in the outdoors. Um, Jackson, Jackson Hole is a funny spot. You know, you have like the resort town, so you have a lot of tourists. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of ski bumps. And then you have a lot of retired people who have done fantastic things and have moved out there to spend the rest of their life in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an interesting dichotomy mix of all these people. Um, Moving moving to San Francisco, I mean, it's a big city, right? So like, coming from Wyoming, which has a population of maybe 500,000, to San Francisco is definitely a change. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I started at Hearsay five days after I moved to San Francisco. So Hearsay was kind of my core group of people. You know, uh-huh. I had no idea about the city, but of course everyone was super welcoming, um, show me around the city and, you know. It, it was not a hard transition actually. Um, mm-hmm. it's a very open and welcoming city, so easy to easy to get along. You know.
0: Well, something yeah. you share in common with uh with Steve who we interviewed yeah. not that is that you both spent so much time in London and he didn't get an accent. Why didn't you get an accent? So
2: I did actually have a very strong accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to British schools growing up. And then I moved for high school, and so the minute I got to the states, it was like, "Can you say may have a cup of tea?" My nickname (laughs) was Brit. Everything revolved (laughs) around the fact that you know I was British. Uh So it was it was kind of easy to start start trying to adapt an American accent. Although Mm -hmm. at this point, I wish I had retained it Mm because it's kind of cool. And speaking of Steve, our parents live you know two miles from each other in Jackson Hole. Oh
0: no, kidding. So. Wow, London and...
2: Yeah. Wow. So it's that, really funny. We're always there at the British same Airways time. famous
1: British Airways flight from London to <laughs> yeah. Jacksonville. <you laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, everyone's you taking never that a seat. Yeah, you can't get a seat You anymore, can never no. get a seat.
2: Steve and I just rented out, actually. <laughs> um, but it's it's really funny, and actually, tangent, but um, he was my founder interview when I was oh, going nice. through the interview process, and at that point, I was still living in Jackson. So I picked up the phone, and he was like, oh, I see your address here is Wilson, Wyoming. And he was like, you know, we don't even really need to talk because, you know, we, ha- we had this strong connection. So it's been fun that's ever great. since talking talking about Jackson, having someone here that understands how awesome it so is. So if we have a
0: lot of talent in the Jackson Hole right. area, uh, you've got an in now <laughs> with Steve and Call Julia.
1: Steve Garrity. His number yeah. is no, – I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm well,
2: what about Victor's April Fool's joke? Your tweets about uh, Hearsay Social Ski. Oh, that's right.
1: Oh, that's yeah.
0: right. Yeah, so I was we into were, that. Uh, the, <laughs> so hearsay social, yeah, yeah. we were we wanted to find a way to have some fun. Thank you for the April Fool's Day, and so we kept uh, announcing these pseudo announcements of all the things that we were considering getting into, as far as additional lines of business. And so everything had to uh, everything had to be in the letter S. That was the only thing. I don't know if you noticed the trend, but it was okay. I uh, hearsay social shipping, hearsay social. Um, uh, what else was there? Hearsay Social Ski. I think that was the one that caught your yeah, attention, right? Yeah, I was so. very into that. <laughs> you
2: know, Hearsay Social Jackson Hole.
0: So all these different things that we're looking at—you know, extending our offices and having all kinds of new products and such. So that was a lot of fun. You yeah, know I don't know. Really t- you were one of the few people I actually picked up on it. So I think everybody else really probably took. Oh my God, they're moving into the
1: space. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, that was Ex- the other expanding. one. Hearsay Social Space. space. Oh nice. yeah, we're gonna start oh, right. doing uh, spacecraft. Along space with our Hearsay
2: Social Glass. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that?
1: Oh, I did see that. Product
2: sent a release note out about uh, our version of Google Glass. Oh,
1: wow. Except with hearsay social. Yeah, that's funny. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> well, that's great.
0: So you, um, so did you get the job then before you moved to San Francisco? I did. So you moved here oh, wow. for the job? Yep,
2: exactly. Oh, okay. I uh, accepted the job, and I decided to head out a few weeks later.
0: Wow. So, so tell us about the work that you do.
2: Yeah. So I am a part of the customer success team, but specifically on the support side. So really, my job is to assist our customers and users, so advisors, agents, on the ground using Hearsay Social, um, whether they're encountering problems using it, um, helping them make sure they're successful Mm -hmm. using Hearsay Social. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, my main job is to make sure our customers are being heard, are successful, and are able to do their job using the product. Mm
0: -hmm. And how do they find you? Is it, uh, are they dialing? Is it going through the system itself?
2: Yeah, so we have a few different lines of communication. They do have the ability to call us. Um, Most of our incoming communication is through email. Uh, Generally, our fastest and easiest, you know, you can include screenshots, um, other things that help us when we're troubleshooting. Um, You could tweet, we have a Facebook page, Um, but really email is is the main point of contact. Mm So
0: this is, let you just walk me through. So this is the advisor, okay, who works for one of the companies that has been giving them access to hearsay social. They're going in there. They're trying to, let's say, tweet or send out some content. Something doesn't go right. They've yeah. Got That's when they come to you?
2: Yeah. So it's usually one of two things. Um, it's someone who's brand new to social, right? Has never had a Facebook page, never really done anything on social media who just wants to gain a better understanding. Mm-hmm. So kind of best practices, how do I log in, how do I post content, um, walking through the, them through that process. Then on the flip side is, you know, we, we push code so often, obviously, with ag- agile development, bugs do crop up. So people encounter things that, you know, should should not occur. Um, in that case, we handle a lot of those, and we work with our engineering team. Um, we have three engineers that sit with us. They rotate on a weekly basis, so we work very closely with them in order to resolve mm-hmm. those bugs.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's come up mm-hmm. in podcasts in the past, and it's yeah. very unique setup yeah. where the support team has a, an engineer sitting there. So even though the engineering group and I and I always do this, I was like moving my hands so like people can see. <laughs> even though the engineering group does sit pretty much clearly on the other side of our building, of our floor, you do have the engineers that are actually sitting right next to you here. Yeah, And they also send an engineer to our New York office and they go through a rotation as well, right, exactly. work very closely. Exactly, it's,
2: it's actually a very unique and really, really amazing aspect of hearsay. So we actually have three on-call engineers every week mm-hmm. and they rotate through the entire engineering team. Um, I think it's incredible for two reasons. One, from a selfish point of view, it's very helpful to us, right? I can bounce ideas, say, is this the intended behavior? Is this how it should work? I think something weird might be going on here. But then on the other hand, it gives them that end user perspective. Mm -hmm. So they then get to see, you know, how is this advisor using hearsay social? How could we make this better? So they get a very, very close lens into what our customers are doing with the product. And then they can take that back, you know, and, and build additional
0: So it sounds like you're both learning from each other. Exactly, exactly. So what have you learned from, you know, from this relationship with engineers that that has surprised you? In other words, you mentioned code and you didn't have an engineering background Mm -hmm. beforehand. You know, being here for a year and a half now, you must feel pretty good about your skills or how are they developing? Yeah,
2: I mean, what the engineers do is actually incredible. Um, You know, I've used the internet for most of my life at this point, and you kind of take for granted, a lot of what's going on. It was really eye-opening. I mean, it's eye-opening pretty much every day seeing what they do to make our product. Um, and I've dabbled in, in taking a few courses here at Hearsay Social, um, you know, an iOS development class and some Python, and just what goes into producing like a single action or object is enormous. So that's been very, very eye-opening. Um, and the engineers here are super social, super helpful um, totally willing to help. And they, they're often, you know, they're very good at breaking it down, not speaking super technical jargon, Mm -hmm. um, which is really helpful for us, Mm -hmm. you know, on the client facing side. Mm
0: -hmm. So what does a typical day like look like for you?
2: Oh man, that's a great (laughs) question. It changes every day. That's why it's so fun. You get, you get up in the morning, you have no idea what you're getting into. Um, a typical day, it, it ranges. I mean, I'll come in in the morning, and I'll see what's come in you know, so far that morning. So it'll, it'll be a lot of tickets on how do I publish content, how do I get a greater audience on Facebook, um, how do I use the product how it should be used, and how do I make myself more prominent on social. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of my day spent with that. A fair number of hours is uh, working with engineering. You know, We do work really closely with them. Um, because we have that user perspective. So, how are our customers using it and how do we make it better? Um, And they really take a lot of that feedback and turn it around and incorporate it into iterations on the product. Mm -hmm. Um, And then working with our client's social media team. So, you know, we work very closely with them in order to provide a seamless experience. Um, So, but there's no real day in the life. It's Mm -hmm. constantly shifting, which Mm -hmm. is awesome.
0: So, Julia, a question. Um, of the calls that you get or the emails, how much of that is like a technical issue? And how much, how much of it would you say is possibly a lack of training or a need to know how to use social better?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say it's probably around 50-50. Oh, wow. um, so, the, you know, the technical stuff, we can either troubleshoot on our own. We do have a fair number of tools that allow us to do that. And the other half, um, we've recently launched social business training, mm-hmm. um, which is... It's fantastic. It's I'm not sure the number of courses, but they're specific to hearsay social, specific to social media, and how to increase your knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to start to see fantastic returns and less of those incoming calls, emails regarding training and how to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've even seen it in my my time here. You know, back when I started, we were receiving a lot of incoming emails about. How do I log on to Facebook or how do I use Facebook? And I've seen a a large shift where it's now become, how do I grow my audience? How do I actually use it rather than the kind of how to's? Mm -hmm. But um, our social business training is, you know, we're really excited about it and and where it's going to take our agents and advisors.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's a theme, if you recall, Eli, when we uh, did the interview with Marianne Mulally. Yeah. Um, in Seattle that she mentioned that. I mean, that was part of the, what she did from a professional services standpoint was working with clients in optimizing their footprints and using social media in getting beyond the the why and starting an answer for the how and how to do it better and how to incorporate it into their day-to-day. You know, And that's one of the challenges that a lot of people have insofar as that it's trying to understand how can I bring in social to my work so that I'm much more efficient and productive and so that there's real value
1: in it. Right. Well, it's also so much different from the personal side. You know, you really got to take the difference between the two. And I imagine you probably get a lot of questions, of people trying to kind of make their work or uh, social accounts kind of work the same way as their personal ones.
2: Yeah, we do. And a lot of people don't realize, as you said, you know, they're basically two separate entities. Mm-hmm. Right. And for compliance purposes and, and beyond that, we almost consider them two separate entities aside from you know certain features like social signals, which we do, you know, connect personal Um, accounts to really by and large it's the business side of things that we're helping with and that's kind of a totally new environment for most of these users
0: Mm -hmm. and you've been learning through this process as well i'm guessing you're in that you know front line if you will of trying to understand some of the issues and challenges that our customers are having to be able to address it. So do, do you have kind of a feedback mechanism to the folks in product or anywhere for enhancements and ways that we can make the product better?
2: Yes, we do. We, we have a number of methods. Um, we, we've been recently developing this rigid um, agility program between customer success and product on a number of different levels. Um, some of these requests are going through JIRA, which is a, a product we use, Salesforce, Um, kind of depending on the level. So some of these could be totally blocking customers, Mm -hmm. at which point we need to escalate those immediately over to Mm -hmm. product. Um, But even future suggestions, someone calls in and says, you know, this would be a really cool feature. Mm -hmm. We would really gain a lot of value from that. We absolutely take that feedback, submit it to product, and we have a monthly overview. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a voting process through the customer success team um, to see, you know, there may be five customers who have, voice the same thing so maybe that's something we should really consider so there's a lot of feedback loops going on um, especially within support just because we're talking to them all day every day um, you know for me it's I really want those end users to be successful and to hear how it's what's going to make them successful is really key
0: mm-hmm. so, so you mentioned success so how does your organization or your group or your team measure success
2: yeah that that's an interesting huh. question. I, huh. I sometimes think about it. It's often hard because a lot of what we're receiving back is anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Right. So be like, wow, this is incredible. I just reached out to three new prospects because of hearsay social, which is great, but it's hard to measure that in you know, numbers right, or something. Right. Um, so a lot of it is anecdotal, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. Um, we do have you know, numbers on on what percentage of people are satisfied with our service that kind of stuff which which is helpful but I would say most of it is you know and it's, it's always exciting or you talk to someone a week ago and they're struggling to get started and then they'll reach back out to you and say wow I just did this and you really feel it's rewarding it's really rewarding hmm
0: mm-hmm. so what would you say is the part of the job that you love the most
2: Wow so I'm probably going to sound like most other people <laughs> you've talked to um, and say the people are really what makes me want to come into work every day. Mm-hmm. People here say social. Um, I honestly, I spend so much time with people outside of the office. They're really my friends more so than my colleagues, mm-hmm. which is which is really incredible. Um, I've learned so much from people aside from obviously professionally, um, just life stories, there's there's so many people that have done incredibly things um so the people are really i think the best part of hearsay social
1: yeah we ha- we have had to kind of put disclaimers on many of our our interview <laughs> podcasts that we are not teeing up that answer i, I know where yep. god it I, is I, had, universal I had i had at this company that being said so
0: we have plenty of opportunities in san francisco seattle, seattle new, york, new york and also in europe so we'll keep saying hearsaysocial.com slash careers um, if you see something there that fits your fancy or you think it's something that you could have the aptitude to really be part of this team We're always looking for great people to join yeah. us here in the mothership in San Francisco and beyond
2: Absolutely, I and mean, the people are really and and it's just the energy. It's mm-hmm. a very fast-paced yeah. Constantly shifting environment, but I think it like that's why I love it um, You never know what you're gonna get yourself into on any given day, but mm-hmm. that's why it's exciting and we're all in it together Super collaborative, very team-oriented. Um, so it's, it's a great place to be.
1: Yeah, I think we would all agree. Yeah, speaking of how great it is to work here, we get a lot of travel opportunities. You just got back from London.
2: Yes, I was in our London office a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great, especially because I grew up there. So it was really nice, nice. to be back. Um, but great to see the Europe team. Um, you know, From a support perspective, it's b- going to become increasingly challenging to support so many languages that we're currently in. Mm. Um, I'm not sure of the exact number, but I saw I saw some Polish help documents the other day, um, and unfortunately right now we don't have anyone who speaks Polish. So, um, you know, our Europe office is fielding a lot of French, Spanish, um, most, most of our European customers currently, but even, you know, as we expand into Asia, there are just so many new languages that we need to consider. Um, but London was great. The Europe office is, is doing really, really well. Um, and it's super exciting to see hearsay Social in all these languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I, I, I log into a customer account with, a, let's say, Chinese, and you just see the entire app in Chinese. Wow. And to think how far we've come um, is pretty incredible.
0: So the takeaway here is that if you're a British expat who's living <laughs> in Jackson Hole that speaks Polish, <laughs> you're in. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: My team is hiring too. Uh, shameless plug over here. Oh so yeah, we're hiring in our New York office. Okay, want to come work with the coolest team around? Yeah, they're right yeah. next to
0: Union Square. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. A,
2: it's a fun spot. So it's nice that ones. group
0: knows how to have a good time too. That's which, for Which, speaking sure. of which, and we're gonna we're gonna mention this is I will be heading out to New York, and I'm hoping to actually interview some of our folks out there so i'm excited about that
2: yeah good crew over there for sure yeah Yeah.
0: so um i know that you're an avid podcast listener (laughs) and i just wanted to bring this up and this is totally shifting gears because you had brought up uh, a certain word i gotta i wrote it down or printed it out (laughs) let's talk about Okay, everybody, just sit down, (laughs) get a cup of coffee if you want, (laughs) or just pause the podcast, go get yourself a cup of coffee, and then come back to the podcast and push play, because we're going to talk about American pathological optimism. (laughs) A mouthful right there. Quite a bit. All
2: right, you got to tell me,
0: what's the background on American optimism? Yeah, this is American pathological optimism. So
2: I do like podcasts, Serial, which I think all of us in here have listened to. (laughs) Uh, I like it, I like it. We even have an orchestra in here. So I was listening to This American Life, I think about two weeks ago, riding the bus into work. Um, And it was an episode, Victor actually has listened to it as well, about education in America. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they went through the whole podcast and it ended wondering what this girl who had grown up, I believe in New York, Mm -hmm. um, and she attended a public kind of inner city school although she was very, very intelligent and, and talented. Um, and the question was posed, what happened to this girl? And the, the next quote was something along the lines of, well, this is a, a token of American pathological optimism in that we're gonna assume that she went on to great things, went on to conquer the world, um, because right. you know it's, we're optimistic. That's right. just what we're gonna assume. So then I started thinking, and I was like, "I wonder, is this something innate? Right? Are Americans optimistic? Because I mm-hmm. think they are, we by are. and large. You know, I've <laughs> traveled a fair amount, I've grown up outside of the country, but I do think there is something innate, intrinsic um, about Americans and positivity. Mm-hmm. So this was how this all started. I tweeted just that you know I thought it was interesting, um, and that's that's where this started.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I would agree with you. I mean, you you grew up in, in London, I mean, your early early years. And I've often said I've spent some time in Australia and, and have traveled extensively. And that is something that's consistent, you know, in, in having friends from all over the different parts of the world, that they'll say that about America as being very optimistic, that we're very friendly, you know, that we are have a, a tendency of seeing, like, the positive before you start seeing all the negatives, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it plays into this, like you said, this pathological optimism and i to start <laughs> Right. No, so
2: what's interesting is I think it is true, right? And I don't know if it's the American dream, we these values have been instilled in us, you know, independent, freedom, all this stuff, but there there's been a recent opposition to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure of her name, but I believe she's at NYU in the psych department and she says that optimism is actually acting against us in some ways. Mm. So different perspective. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. just just lay, laying down the the different views, but that, you know, we're getting into this dreaming phase, and it's actually acting negatively towards results occurring.
0: Well, I think it's I think where the real issue happens is when optimism bleeds into entitlement. Mm-hmm. In other words, this right. idea of like just being deserving, um, you know, just being born in this country that you deserve. You right. know this or that, and and that we're seeing that, and I think that that's where it starts turning, kind of negative. But you know, just recently, I'll share. Uh, there was a, a it was like a three part series or so called Sons of Liberty, mm-hmm. on the History Channel, and yep. we just finished watching it. I was watching it with my son, and it, what it does is it traces those early days of the Revolution, mm-hmm. in so far as the. Uh, you know the seeds that really were planted in boston during the occupation and then it kind of leads to the boston massacre the boston tea party the boston right. massacre and kind of like those in early days of the revolutionary war and the challenges that they had with the continental congress getting together in philadelphia and having the conversations about you know should we be independent or not and you can start seeing that that's a thread that started way back then right. that kind of consistently is part of the fiber of this country which yeah. is this whole like not asking why, but why not? You know, right? We can do Overcoming this and, obstacles. You know, we can do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's really interesting you bring that up. It, it it kind of filters into a lot of, you know, kind of tying it back to social media. But I I think people online are you know either fall into one of two spectrums: they're either the ultimate optimist and you know, you know the the cheerleaders of whatever thing they're posting about or on, or they're ultimately you know very strong the other way and they're very jaded and you know don't take it seriously and just you know cite all the things wrong with it mm-hmm. and one of the most fascinating kind of examples of this to me is a very very popular Facebook page called Humans of New York yeah mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. um, if listeners you are not a member of that I strongly encourage go on Facebook look up Humans of New York and like that Facebook page because what it is is this uh, photographer named Brandon who goes around New York City takes beautiful pictures of just people he finds takes a picture of them walks up to them talks to them about whatever. And he'll just ask him questions. What were the biggest struggles of your life? Tell me, you know, a story. And these people, he gets them to open up and tell incredible stories. And so Uh you just are looking at a picture of a person and reading this, you know, paragraph long quote or whatever about and it says so much about them, but it's the comment section that really gets you because everybody has a positive spin to put on it, especially there are some heart wrenching you know, yeah. moments and stories. But everyone's always got the positive spin like, oh, you're so strong for being able to say it or, mm-hmm. oh, you know, but look at you now. And it's like, well, you don't, you don't know anything about this person like mm-hmm. the, this story they told could be, you know, really and maybe it is a strong, you know, win for them. But right. for the most part, it's everyone's assuming, well, they're OK now because they seem to be dressed well and they're walking around New York and everything seems fine. But, you know, a lot of cases, they're not fine, you know, and I think you have the people on those comments who are either like, yeah, you know, good for them. And then the people who are like, wow, you know, I really didn't realize how much stuff is going on behind the scenes of the people I pass every day. Uh And, you know, I wonder if there's more I could do for those around me. And that's the, you know, the non-optimist, but the, you know, take control and maybe, you know, dive into the situation more of those around you who you know not love. I don't mean like, you know, strangers, but, (laughs) Yeah. And so I love reading the comments. I think it's the most fascinating. I was going to say take. that it is the comments that's the most entertaining the comments, because just yeah. recently,
0: and I, and, I, and I kind of I think I will add a link to this. There was just yesterday, I think, and so I'm kind of dating the podcast in this case. But it was a release of a 1991 promotional video. I don't oh, know if it was 1990 for Sizzler. Okay? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it looks that. like something out of the 80s, yeah, early yeah. 90s, and the people basically they're trying to tie into this optimism. Of Sizzler equates to freedom, which is if you're not eating right. a Sizzler, then you're a communist. You right. know? I mean, it right, was yeah. like, I mean, it was that extreme from the standpoint. It was like very uplifting. It was like a better six, dead than Red Lobster. What was it five-six minute what video is. promotional. Yeah. What?
1: I said better <laughs> dead than Red Lobster.
0: <laughs> well, I don't even know what Sizzler is. Well, Maybe Sizzler, I'm a. Sizzler was this, uh, and it's so funny because in the commercial they point out how there's like a restaurant within a restaurant where you can either have table service, or we've got this, you know, salad bar. <laughs> <fully> Revolutionary. <what? laughs> basically, and it was like, what? That, yeah, that'll never exactly. catch on. <laughs> there's Sizzler. There is actually a Sizzler in Morgan Hill where I live. Oh, there's just yeah. one remaining one, and it's always like. Yeah, it's it's like people. surf
1: and turfy kind of like yeah. the f- early day chili. Oh, okay, you, did okay. you see the
2: video though? I I saw it posted. I haven't watched it. I watch will as soon video.
1: as I get you know, back Red to my lobster. desk. It was like okay, Red okay, okay, At the end of the ones, video,
0: so. you almost feel like if you don't stand up and salute the screen, that you're totally <laughs> un-American. So I mean, that really falls into that pathological optimism. I mean, to the extreme. Right. But anyway, that was that was a lot of fun to see. Uh, that that one. Um, but going back to the humans of New York, yeah. I think it actually started as you said. It was just a guy who was taking pictures. Mm. He was they also NYU created YouTube. Uh, I want to say it. They created a Tumblr account, and this is a great case study and success story where Tumblr has now um, embraced this story and yeah. took this story. And what they did is they created a book. Right. So there is a oh, book wow. now yeah. of the best photographs and oh. those stories. I actually, how the book I got to bring it, yeah. it in, mm-hmm. and and it's great because. Uh, when I was in Minneapolis for the Minnesota Interactive Marketing Association meeting, Tumblr was one of the sponsors. Mm-hmm. And so they were actually handing out copies of the book, and they were really using this as an opportunity to say, look, you've got stories, and if you have enough content, it could be a look book. Look what it could right. become. Look what it could become. Yeah. It was a really it's great incredible. administrative case study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm glad we talked about that. So I feel pretty optimistic.
2: Yeah, about no, those, I, you know? I, I do as well. I yeah, do as well. Right. Yeah, we're Eli's optimist. looking awfully no.
1: suspicious no, over here. Oh, like it's all gonna crumble. Dark cloud over here. No! It's all right, you're all coming
0: down. <laughs> There's no so, chance. All right, so who was your favorite Winnie the Pooh character?
1: Oh, Piglet, always. You're, a Piglet?
2: you're yeah. a Piglet. Isn't Piglet optimistic?
1: Super yeah, I, I am very right. optimistic. Yeah, I know I am you, a, you are. A, I, I, know, the, I know the truth, I a Eli. Serial optimist
2: I'm, American pathological my, optimism, my, right there.
1: My dad thinks I'm insane. The Niners have like one of the worst, <laughs> you know, whatevers. We lose <laughs> 75% <laughs> we of our players, and I'm like, guys, like we still got that, a chance. That's here. like me like, too. Don't give up. up hope. Oh. Right? My dad's like, Eli, there's a fine line between optimism and just absolutely not <laughs> like the taking in reality. <laughs> the dumb and dumber. So you're saying? So you're saying there's a chance? All right, always a
2: chance. Um, I don't know. All Favorite right, Winnie think about.
0: It, I know who I am. I'm Tigger,
2: one. man. I
1: oh, am. Oh, uh, yeah, you're out That's bounds.
0: good. I love Tigger. That's I have good. actually played
1: Poo Sticks on Poo Bridge, which is right by where. Oh yeah. Well, oh, I just blanked on his name. Who wrote Winnie the Pooh? Uh, mill Thank Was you. Yeah. Uh, a. A. Mil, where mm-hmm. he uh, where he grew up, and there's yeah. a little bridge, and where you played. Pooh right, right, right,
2: right. Yes. I used to play that with my dad. Yeah. Fun time. I British. wait, what are the other characters guys? Alright,
0: so there's Pig- well, let's say, Piglet. You, know, Piglet, you've got, kids, Eeyore, you know, you've got Piglet, Eeyore, Winnie, Kanga, Rue ki- Oh Rue. Rue, and then Christopher Robin. Oh, uh, what was the rabbit? Uh ooh, good question. I kind of like Piglet too. Piglet, yeah, Piglet. Everybody likes Piglet. Yeah. yeah okay
1: solid. solid character all right
0: solid all right so on that note julia <laughs> any uh closing thoughts as oh, wait, we start wait. we got to ask uh, uh. our hearsay questions oh you want to uh, uh. do that uh, uh. oh we're gonna uh, oh, make I'm this a regular a thing. thing okay great thing.
1: go so we asked we realized when we were interviewing steve garrity that you know the we asked the same questions every time uh we have a new employee start mm. uh and that steve being employee number one one had two. not or <laughs> zero one depends how you look at it half, uh, half employee <laughs> number half had not really answered those questions, so we asked him those three questions. So I'm gonna ask him of any time we interview a that person. Let's so do this. Oh, wow. real quick. We're going to have to invite favorite everybody color. back. Right. right. We'll, we'll have to like circle. We'll, we'll just do, do one full podcast through. where we just ask them all the same questions. Oh, just get a lineup around I, the door.
0: I just come in and the I think on
2: my first week here, I was only asked my favorite color. See, oh, really? we've yeah. set that yeah. up <laughs> a yeah. lot. This, this Michael, Michael Locke, who's the you know the movie fan, was not there. Mm-hmm. So the movie uh, question right. was not inserted. Uh, uh, it was kind of a relief to me, to be honest. Are y'all going to hear it first He wants to know
1: everybody's favorite movie, but he also hasn't seen any of them. I know. He's like one for He must have a very
2: long list at this point of huh of movies he's got to All see. right, so let's do okay. it. So, favorite so, color. Favorite color. I'm going to go with a mint green. Oh, that's nice. a good one, right. sounds, good one. Sounds pretty yeah. pretty fresh. Uh, favorite um, movie? Favorite movie. This is a really tough question. I have to be honest, I'm not the biggest movie fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy them every once in a while. I'm going to go with a ski movie since after all this Jackson Hole talk, I'm feeling uh, like I want to go skiing. Um, uh, uh, I have a, l- a lot of pressure over here. I'm a big fan of steep oh okay why i
1: wasn't sure where you're gonna go i was yeah. thinking of all my favorite ski movies steep okay. is a good ski movie
2: what's your
0: favorite
1: i thought you were gonna go with better off dead which oh, oh. launched you into the next level yeah me?
0: was not that kid who was following him it was yeah two dollars like two dollars yeah,
1: yeah he, the newspaper kid yeah, yeah that's right it's a comedy
0: Okay. And a, um, a lot of great Warren Miller films. Yeah, right? Warren, yeah Miller's Warren
1: Miller's great. Teton amazing.
2: Gravity Research has put out a lot of cool. Oh, stuff, Oh, their stuff too. is incredible. It's literally insane. There's Ugh. a
1: ski video that recently came out by the guy who does is like an, an it's like the another great day or something like that.
2: Oh, I think I've heard about
1: that. <sighs> he skis through a tunnel and like he finishes on a jump, right back flips into a. Uh, Sounds in, about into right. The, um, call a thing that goes up the mountain, the big gondola. Right. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. We'll put a link to that out there. It is one of the most beautiful ski videos I've ever Talk seen. Talk about optimism. I mean, right, right. Yeah. Just <laughs> jump, off, <laughs> jump off cliffs, and
2: you'll be fine. You just link. <laughs> please just don't, all please these don't. Things, um, and Spirit Animal, is <laughs> <don't. laughs> <laughs> that my yeah, third and final awesome. spirit animal? So I took a quiz. Mm. We we took a quiz the other day in, in CS, because you know we were like, right. you know is this an official process, or do I get to pick it? And I think it told me I was a tiger. Which I'm not really sure I want to take on. Um, I think I'm going to go with a giraffe.
1: I like that. Okay. That's a yeah. much that's better good. pick. Yeah, that's good. I, I feel like the quizzes are really throwing people's answers.
2: Right, yeah. and there were like six results, so everyone yes. was getting the same results. Right. So I'm I'm not buying that as no. of now. No. Well, I could see that. I could yeah. see that. I'm going to go with a giraffe.
1: That's a good one. I like it.
0: So well on that note, Julie, thanks for visiting. Here's Hey Social on the air. Yeah. hope you had thanks. a good time. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, I'll be that back was awesome. Time. Thank you. Okay, so that was our conversation with Julia. Very fun. Always fun. Yeah. You know, she finally asked, we got a question at the beginning, was asking us about our favorite baseball teams. Yep. And so that was, that was fun to have that conversation. Also, I love talking about the American pathological optimism and... Humans of New York, yep. and we talked about you know the ski and the yep, Jackson yep. Hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. ja- interesting, right? The Jackson Hole London connection between her and her Steve, and, Steve. Yeah. and stuff. And like I reminded everybody, if you are a Polish speaking yeah person <laughs> who has lived in London or who has lived in Jackson Hole, I think you pretty much just need to send like your name. I mean, yeah, you're we in, don't I need a resume or, that, right? or a Resume, resume, you're in, right? So always fun talking to uh, to Julia. I wanted to uh, take this opportunity to once again remind listeners that we are going to have a very special interview here shortly after the music plays. Stick around for the interview with David Robles in Spanish, in Espanol. Ay, qué bueno. So, Eli, um, any mail?
1: There is no mail. However, there is a
0: tweet. There is a tweet, which is is kind of like
1: mail. That is it, limited.
0: Yeah, it's male in the in the digital age. We did receive a nice tweet from Carolyn Clement, who was cu- a little bit curious mm-hmm. about you know the European market. Yep. And so, as luck would have it, uh, we do have Anita Morthy, who is in our Europe office. So she's based in London, heads up all our marketing efforts out there. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have her on the next show, and she's going to address, if you will, some of the challenges and some of the opportunities and basic operations on social adoption in Europe. Uh, great little conversation so we'll be showcasing that in the next show where we also have an interview with scott campbell yes of american national so we uh sat down with scott uh he actually called in from springfield missouri uh recorded the show and so we look forward to sharing that show with you next week
1: You know what that means, Eli. I think I do. Ronnie, Ronnie Walk. walk.
0: Well, so the last check-in with Ronnie, he was in Lexington, Kentucky, Kentucky yep. and he continued moving westward. I keep telling him, walk to the sunset. Right. And then you know you're heading in the right direction. Exactly. So he was just in, and this is always a tough one because there's so many different ways to pronounce it, but I think the appropriate pronunciation is Louisville.
1: Louisville. Louisville. I don't know. I'm not Louisville. from the Midwest. Louisville. I don't know. Louisville. 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 We're probably, now we're going to get letters. Louisville. Louisville, not Louisville. No, 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 no. I know <laughs> Never it's not that,
0: one. that. It's not the Louisville Slugger. It's the Louisville, Louisville. Slugger. Louisville Slugger. Right yeah. Yeah. Actually, I've been there. It's a beautiful town. I have not. Uh, took the tour of ah. the of the of the of the Slugger, if you mm-hmm. will, where they go and the they factory. make the baseball yeah, bats. Yeah. And what was really impressive was the fact that they have uh, two ways of making the bats. One is a more traditional way, which is just then they'll cut all these bats and they make the mini bats and stuff, and they just turn these things around as yeah. like bat after bat after bat after bat. But then they had these, uh, these other machines, which are computer-generated and computer-controlled, where they get the specific specifications for every single Major League Baseball player that is using their bats yeah. to the point that if Buster Posey or, let's use another, another player, well, any other player, right, who uses Louisville Sluggers is going to play a game in, let's say, um, Cincinnati, they can actually deliver his bat same day if That's it's a night game. pretty impressive. So, like if they get an order in the morning and say yeah. hey, Buster needs another six yeah. bats and he's playing at Cincinnati, they can get it to him same day for the evening game. Now, anywhere else in the country, but it's be able only to deliver. for
1: Buster and not for anyone else. No, man. they've got, no, I don't,
0: yeah, they've got like 100, almost 200 players, yeah. if you will, that are exclusively using them. Right. But as part of the museum, um, and it's worth a visit if you're out there. They actually have this one section where they have all the bats of all these, you know, pros like up back to Babe Ruth and Frankie Robinson. And you can just feel the weight of the bat and the cut and how how much of an art and science it is for them to get just the right bat. Sure. You know, and so it's an interesting tour. I thought what was interesting is one of the things that they don't let you do is they don't let you film. They don't let you bring cameras. It's just like you got to take it in. The only Takeaway that you can take from the factory are the two little wooden nubs that they have at the end uh-huh. that they use to hold to spin the bat and then they cut those off oh, okay. shape them sure. down, And then they dip them and some of the bats are colored and others right. aren't and just fascinating, you know, tour Okay, so Ronnie, I hope you get a chance to actually go visit the tour. So he is in, in Louisville Louisville and um, Next uh, in his adventures, he'll be crossing the Ohio River apparently for the third time in no his journey <laughs> Heading uh, continuing heading west uh, into Indiana, mm. and then that'll probably be Indiana leads to Illinois and, and what have you, perhaps right. Missouri. So we'll be continuing to track his progress, and so we invite you to check hashtag RonnieWalk as well as visit the Hearsay Social on the Air Facebook page. I've asked Ronnie to continue sending photos and updates and such, so follow along
1: on RonnieWalk. But
2: walk <laughs>
0: Okay, so that uh, concludes our Employee Spotlight series of Julie Wender and a great conversation. And so we just want to thank everybody for listening. Still continue sending your comments um, as Carolyn did on Twitter. Mm -hmm. We'll definitely take Twitter. We'll also take for email. And Eli, remind everybody what that email address is again.
1: On air at hearsaycorp.com. And so
0: don't forget to stick around. So right after the music, our interview with David Robles. So with that, thank you for joining us. My name is Victor Gaxiola.
1: Soy Eli Miniker. Adios.
0: Bueno, acompañándome aquí en Hearsay Social on the Air es mi muy buen amigo David Robles, que es el ingeniero de software aquí en
3: Hearsay Social. Y bienvenido, David. Muchas gracias por la invitación.
0: Sí, no, me da mucho gusto porque estábamos hablando. Mucha gente no sabe que yo hablo español.
3: Sí, creo que la gente se ha dado cuenta que hablas español cuando llegas a mi escritorio y me hablas en español. Uh-huh. Y es cuando la gente se sorprende. Me ha tocado ver caras de varios que se quedan se como... Oh, ¿Hablo español? <risa> sí.
0: Bueno, lo que, lo, lo que mucha gente no sabe es que mis padres, los dos... Son de México. Uh, mis padres, los dos nacieron en, en Sinaloa, sí. en México, y uh, mi mamá es de, de Sonora, o sea, nació en Sinaloa, pero... Mi paisana Sonora. de Sonora. Sí, en Ciudad de Obregón, y tú eres de... De Hermosillo. De Hermosillo, sí. Luego, sí. Cuando nos conocimos al principio aquí, llegando a Here's Day Social, que... Y si sí me usas la conexión así de, de Sonora... De, sí, de...
3: estamos a dos... Estábamos a un... ¿Cuánto? A dos horas sí, unos de los otros. Sí. Ahí cerca queda, you know, Guaymas y San Carlos... Sí, Monsillo, y San lugares. Carlos, uh-huh. Guaymas y toda esa zona.
0: Sí. Sí, me lo diría. ¿Y cuánto tiempo llevas aquí en Hersey Social?
3: Eh, yo aquí entré aquí en Hersey Social en, en abril del año pasado. Uh-huh. O sea, tengo un año... Un año y unas semanas. Uh-huh. Y estoy muy contento. Eh, tengo... En, bueno... Tengo en San Francisco solo tres años. Uh-huh. El primer año y medio estuve en otra compañía y aquí tengo ya un año. O sea, tengo ya tres años aquí en San Francisco. Uh-huh. Y sí, muy muy contento de estar en Hersey Social. Uh-huh.
0: ¿Y qué estabas haciendo antes de San Francisco?
3: Antes de San Francisco eh, estaba trabajando en otra compañía aquí, es otra startup... Es una compañía más o menos del tamaño de Hearsay Social, pero la base está en, la sede está en Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Entonces, aquí solo éramos 10, 15, 15 empleados. Uh-huh. Entonces, se sentía un ambiente muy de startup, a pesar de que era una compañía un poco más grande, porque la parte de ingeniería estaba en San Francisco. Uh-huh. Y ahí estuve trabajando un año y medio. Hacíamos un software para lo que todo lo que es real estate, uh-huh. para manejo de transacciones de real estate. Uh-huh. Y fue muy buena experiencia y todo, pero quería algo diferente y encontré la oportunidad de venirme aquí a Hersey Social. Y sí, ahí aquí estamos. Sí, ¿y cómo es que supiste del trabajo? ¿Fue un amigo? ¿O viste el trabajo en en online? Sí, yo... eh, Bueno, suena suena raro lo que voy a decir, pero yo estaba tratando de evitar todo lo Enterprise. Y cuando es Enterprise, yo me refiero a las tecnologías de programación Enterprise, lo que es Java Enterprise y todo eso. Se me hacía bastante... un poco aburrido. Uh-huh. Entonces, yo cuando empecé a buscar... A, a buscar opciones, pues me salieron varias. Entonces, cuando veo que Hersey Social es una empresa de finanzas enterprise, yo dije, pues no, no creo que sea algo... algo que me interesaría. Pero no sabía nada de la empresa. Uh-huh. Y dije, bueno, voy a ir a conocer la empresa. Y cuando conocí a la gente es cuando... cuando me encantó todo. Que conocí a Chase, Ruchi, Ben. Uh-huh. Y es cuando dije, no, esta compañía... O sea, las tecnologías que usan de programación, la gente pues es lo mejor, es muy amable y sí, aquí por eso decidí venirme para acá y todo ha salido perfecto.
0: Es curioso porque para todos es la misma experiencia, o sea, en conocer la gente, los varios departamentos que es muy atractivo, atractivo. Y cuando pensamos nosotros del el proceso de las entrevistas, no es una sola entrevista. Es, vas entrevistando a varias personas que vas a trabajar con ellos.
3: Así es. Y suena suena como cliché decir lo mismo, porque todos decimos lo mismo. Uh-huh. Y a veces trato de evitarlo porque no quiero sentir como que solo lo estoy diciendo por compromiso. Uh-huh. Pero es que realmente la gente es la que te hace... la te dan ganas con las... la que te hace... La que, la, a mí es la que me hizo querer venir a esta empresa, la gente. Uh-huh. Todas las entrevistas, todos se portaron excelente. Es cuando dije, aquí les importa mucho. Al parecer la cultura es muy diferente. Uh-huh. Simplemente el primer día que yo me acuerdo que re- vine a la entrevista, en la recepción estaba esperando y llegaron digo, ocho personas uh-huh. a decirme, ¿Cómo estás? ¿Necesitas oh, ayuda? Sí. Uh-huh. Y yo... Eso no pasaba en, en, mi, en mi otra empresa. No, en serio.
0: ¿Y cómo es que entraste a ingeniera? O sea, ¿fue desde desde chiquito, o sea, que tuviste el interés? ¿o? Sí,
3: pues yo siempre, siempre, siempre tuve el, internet, el, el interés así por computadoras y todo eso. Creo que cuando tenía, ¿qué será? 11, 12 años, cuando tuve mi primera computadora, uh-huh. una eh, 386, que no es tan vieja, o uh-huh. sea, podría ser más vieja... Es cuando yo empecé y no era una muy buena computadora y ahí no tenía interés de programación. Era más por el hecho de... Quería jugar en la computadora, pero pues así empezabas, a usar aplicaciones. Eh, me compraron... Mi primer buena computadora fue una Compact Presario. Uh-huh. No sé si la recuerdas, sí, esas, uh-huh. las gigantes. Sí. Y ahí es cuando empecé con todo eso. Yo siempre supe que quería estudiar esto. Uh-huh. Lo que sí... Bueno, me fui y estudié en el TEC de Monterrey, en uh-huh. México. Ajá. Uh-huh. Eh, pues, carrera de ingeniero en sistemas de información. Uh-huh. Después de eso trabajé en Hermosillo un año uh-huh. y trabajé en una empresa que se dedicaba a todo lo que es a software. De... Era software de todo tipo lo que hacíamos. Uh-huh. Y pues fue una experiencia bastante normal, no fue nada en especial, pero es cuando me di cuenta que quería irme para otra parte. Entonces... Tuve la oportunidad yo de uh, aplicar por una beca del Conacit uh-huh. No sé si estás familiarizado con el Conacit uh-huh. Es el Consejo Nacional de Ciencia y Tecnología. Uh-huh. Y, pues, me dieron una beca por cinco años. Entonces, me fui a Inglaterra, uh-huh. me fui a la University of Essex. No. Me fui allá y estuve cinco años. Hice la maestría, el doctorado en Computer Science. ¿En serio? Sí. Wow. Y estuve cinco años allá, haciendo investigación. Y eh, esto fue una ex- experiencia excelente. Y después de eso, yo siempre sabía que quería irme a Estados Unidos, Ajá. siempre, a, lo, a, o sea, a fin de cuentas. Ajá. Simplemente yo no quería venirme a estudiar para acá porque quería primero, quería viajar, explorar y sí, otras claro. partes. Y ya que pasó todo eso, dije, ya, es tiempo de intentar irme a San Francisco, donde está todo, Silicon Valley. Ajá. Y ya, pues, me vine para acá y aquí estamos.
0: Oye, yo sé que te gusta mucho el béisbol. ¿Cómo sí. aguantaste estar en Inglaterra sin béisbol? Porque ahí nomás tiene cricket, ¿verdad? Sí, es, <risa> eh, sí,
3: es soccer y cricket. Ajá. Eh, La verdad, estando allá, sí yo pienso que le perdí mucho el... Dejé de seguir mucho el béisbol porque estando cinco años sin poder comentar de nadie con béisbol, pues es es casi imposible seguirlo. Sí lo seguía, pero no era era lo mismo. Sí. Sí, pero el béisbol lo sigo desde desde que estaba en Hermosillo. Pues en Hermosillo, yo creo que es básicamente la capital del béisbol en México. Sí. Ahí no existe el soccer. Sí existe, pero nadie lo sigue. (risa) Y sí, o sea, yo desde chico iba a a todos los Juegos de los Naranjeros, Hermosillo. Ajá. Y, y estando aquí pues es perfecto estamos Exacto, enseguida gracias. del AT&T Park sí. con los Giants se acaban de ganar y uh-huh. sí. y
0: te gusta ir también a los juegos de Ace y cuando viajas para, para el trabajo que estás en Nueva York yo sé que vas a los varios estadios para ver los juegos ¿verdad? Sí,
3: yo solo he ido a cinco estadios de grandes ligas uh-huh. pero mi idea es conocer la mayor cantidad posible y también voy a muchos juegos de los seis, uh-huh. no tantos como San Francisco porque pues esto lo tengo muy cerca uh-huh. eh, de los seis el año pasado yo creo que fui como a cinco juegos y uh-huh. Porque para mí, si es un buen juego, es un buen juego. Cuando fueron Derek Jeter, cuando fue a su último juego, fui a verlo. Eh, Cuando vinieron los Red Sox, cuando vinieron... Así, cualquier equipo. Cualquier cosa relacionada con béisbol y deportes. Me encanta.
0: Bueno, el tiempo que pasaste
3: en Inglaterra y los estudios que hiciste en Monterrey, ¿cómo te ha ayudado en el trabajo que haces aquí? Es muy diferente. O sea, lo que son las bases de computer science, pues sí se aplican en cualquier parte. Pero cuando haces algo tan especializado es muy difícil que lo puedas aplicar en la vida real es sí, muy claro. muy difícil y lo que pasa es que cuando te especializas mucho en un área la, la mayor parte de la manera de demostrar lo que has hecho es en base de escribir papers eh, publicaciones uh-huh. este, conferencias eh, journals ese tipo de ese tipo de investigación y me gusta mucho lo que hacía y es, probablemente sigue siendo mi hobby lo que lo que hacía antes en el doctorado Pero aplicado a la vida real es muy difícil. Uh-huh. Y como que a mí llegó un momento en el que dije, quiero hacer algo real, algo que la gente use, algo que sepa que se puede poner en producción y que hay personas reales usándolas, no tres académicos que les interesa leer ese paper, uh-huh. pero que es solo teórico y nunca nadie lo va a aplicar. Sí. Ese fue mi... Sí. Razón.
0: Y cuéntame del trabajo que haces aquí, o sea, día por día.
3: Sí, pues aquí soy este software engineer. este Ahorita estoy trabajando con el... Con un equipo relativamente nuevo, que es el de Mail. Que uh-huh. creo que es un, es un producto nuevo que creo que todavía... Estamos,
0: estamos esperando es, por el desarrollo. Estamos esperando estamos haciendo el desarrollo uh-huh. y creo que todavía
3: no se puede comentar mucho de él. Pero <risa> eh, he estado ya en cerca de tres, cuatro equipos diferentes. Uh-huh. Es una de las cosas que a mí me gusta de Hearsay. Que es muy flexible en lo que trabajas. Este, si tú decides este, moverte a otra área de trabajo, simplemente hablas con con una persona y le dices que te gusta, tienes interés en esa área y te cambias. este uh-huh. Yo primero trabajé yo en la en la parte de social accounts, uh-huh. después estuve trabajando con con activities, activity feed, después trabajé en el email platform de, que, que estamos usando uh-huh. para todo lo de manejar los user settings, organization settings. Y ahorita pues, sí estoy en esa parte del, del producto en mail, uh-huh. haciendo pues, todo tipo de programación. Uh-huh. Y... Y sí hay parece que este, esta vez sí voy a estar en este en este equipo por bastantes meses porque ah, que, pues, es, que un, es un es un equipo sí está bien estar estable en en un equipo porque estuve cambiando mucho uh-huh. lo cual es muy bueno porque te ayuda a aprender mucho de diferentes partes del producto uh-huh. pero no te especializas en ninguna parte uh-huh. sí claro sí. y
0: es la oportunidad de estar en una empresa así de este tamaño donde te Puedes tener las oportunidades de, de trabajar en varios grupos, con varios enfoques y los cambios, ¿verdad?
3: Exacto, sí, porque cuando es una empresa chica, las ventajas son que es muy fácil conocer todo lo que está sucediendo en el código de uh-huh. todas las áreas, pero las desventajas es que no hay tantos equipos y tanta diversidad, o sea, todos están en todo. Cuando lo empiezas, crees un poco más y estamos como en el, en el tamaño de empresa que está Hearsay. Hay más equipos y más diversidad, Y es muy difícil saber de todo. Simplemente no se puede. Uh-huh. Entonces vas a saber conocer ciertas áreas del producto, pero hay unas áreas que no vas a estar muy familiarizado con ellas. Uh-huh. Y mientras estemos conscientes todos de eso, y pienso que se puede trabajar bien.
0: Uh-huh. Now, yo sé que tú entiendes que nuestro enfoque es mucho la gente que trabaja en uh, los servicios financieros, uh, seguros y todo lo demás. Cuéntame un poco de tus experiencias en trabajar con este grupo, en estas empresas, porque yo sé, sea, a veces estás tú fuera con nuestro cliente o hablando en varias conferencias, y nomás quería saber un
3: poco de tus experiencias y qué piensas sí. en este enfoque. Eh, pues mira, la verdad, a mí se me hace muy, muy interesante todo el área, el área esta financiera, especialmente porque. Yo pienso que yo estaba mu- mucho más familiarizado con el área de... Voy a dejar que los index funds hagan todo. Uh-huh. Y yo pienso que los, los brokers no sé cuál es su, ta- su tarea específicamente. Y cuando yo ya veo en Kiersey Social qué es lo que hacen los brokers y qué es como, como se hace la... Pues todo lo que manejan las empresas financieras es cuando me di cuenta de que, wow, de verdad, les ayuda muchísimo en lo que es estar en social media. Porque pues, simplemente ellos... Muchos de ellos quieren entrar y no saben cómo entrar. Uh-huh. Y muchas veces entrar sin saber cómo entrar es peor que entrar porque pueden cometer muchísimos errores o casi hacer spam en Facebook o en Twitter con eh, información pero sí a veces me hace muy interesante eso y sobre todo lo más interesante para mí es la parte de empresas como eh, Better Mind, ese tipo de empresas mm-hmm. no sé cómo se diga en español robotizadas robo advisors que mm-hmm. pues parece que en los últimos años se habla mucho de ellos mm-hmm. no sé si sea hype o si no sea pero yo pienso que siempre va a haber oportunidad para para el tipo de contacto humano que utilicen las redes sociales para conectarse con los clientes. Y si alguien que habla español o tiene interés en ingeniera
0: aquí en Hearsay Social, ¿qué, cómo, ¿cómo es que pueden encontrar de nuestras uh, oportunidades? O nomás tenía pensado, o sea, ¿qué, qué tipo de estudio debería de, de, de hacer? O ¿cómo, ¿Cómo se preparan para trabajar aquí?
3: Sí, pues yo pienso que depende mucho, sobre todo por la cuestión de... Bueno, si eres de Estados Unidos, pues obviamente no hay ningún problema, pero uh-huh. siempre es el problema principal, el problema de las visas. Uh-huh. Entonces, si tú eres, por ejemplo, si eres de México, a pesar de que México puede tener muchos problemas, tenemos una gran ventaja que tenemos las visas de lo que es el Tratado de Libre Comercio, uh-huh. que las tenemos los canadienses y los mexicanos. Uh-huh. Entonces, si tú te interesa venir a Hearsay Social, eh, aplicas por aquí, vienes aquí a una entrevista, y si te va bien y deciden, te hacen una oferta y aceptas, solo te piden tener una carrera. Uh-huh. Es todo lo que te piden y pues, una visa es muy fácil. Uh-huh. No tiene nada difícil conseguir una visa una vez que tienes una oferta de trabajo. Uh-huh. Para personas que son de otras partes, por ejemplo, el resto de, lat- de Latinoamérica, eh, Hay visas que es la H-1B y son las visas que tienen varios empleados de aquí sí. de, de otras partes de Europa uh-huh. y de Latinoamérica creo también.
0: Uh-huh. Pero si tienen interés pueden ir a www.hearsaysocial.com/careers y tenemos oportunidades aquí en San Francisco también en Seattle que abrimos una Oficina en Seattle, para ingenieros.
3: Sí, así es. Acabamos de abrir una oficina en Seattle, que esa es para... Solo de una parte específica de lo que es el, la ingeniería, uh-huh. pero definitivamente también hay... De hecho, hay una hay una nueva empleada que es, que es de México. No ah, sé. sí, es cierto. Sí, uh-huh. Beatriz. Sí, Beatriz. Sí.
0: Bueno, no, 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 no la conocí cuando estuvo aquí.
3: Me tocó hablar con ella a mí un minuto, porque uh-huh. es nueva empleada, pero si sí, esperemos poder después conocerla mejor así nos creciendo los mexicanos aquí en here's a social así es ya, <risa> somos, a ya somos tres
0: <risa> tres que conocemos apenas que hay más bueno Joanny eh,
3: <risa> es un venezolano si que si cuentas <risa> los latinos sí pues, 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 pues estamos creciendo sí. poco a poco verdad así
0: es así es bueno nos da mucho gusto a ver David si alguien que te quiere encontrar en Twitter o si que se quiere poner en contacto contigo
3: sí pues la manera más fácil yo pienso que sería Twitter este mi Mi username es David Robles, David Robles. Uh-huh. Eh, en Facebook es igual, David Robles. En LinkedIn creo que también David Robles. En todas partes creo que lo único que no soy David Robles es en mi Gmail. Ahí soy uh-huh. ahí soy eh, gmail.com. Uh-huh. Y sí, cualquiera de esas eh, maneras de contactarme fácil. O LinkedIn también, que busquen simplemente mi nombre, at Social.
0: Muy bien, pues, pues, gracias por acompañarme aquí en Hearsay Social, la primera vez que hacemos una entrevista en otro idioma. Sí, no, muchas gracias por
3: la invitación. La verdad, el podcast me ha gustado mucho, sobre todo cuando le dan seguimiento a lo de Ronnie. (risa) (risa) Sí, es cierto. Y yo sé que este
0: programa es, bueno, 5 de mayo, yo sé que se celebra mucho aquí en los Estados Unidos, no tanto en México, pero con eso les queremos desear a los que están escuchando, feliz 5 de mayo.
3: Feliz Cinco de Mayo.
0: Here we go. Lightning round, Julia.
1: Answer as fast as you can. Rolling Stones or Beatles? Rolling Stones. House in the Mountain or House in the Beach? Mountains. Tank with a shark, cage with a bear?
2: Tank with a shark. Cold
0: with a blanket
1: or hot with a fan?
2: Cold with a blanket.
1: Giants or A's? Go Giants. There we go. See ya. (laughs) See ya. See ya. <laughs>